Hey everyone, and welcome to the Eagle Community Church of Christ podcast. My name is John Gunter. This week we continue our study in the Holy Spirit and we talk about evidences or uh, what Paul calls fruits of the Spirit. And so we, we talk about really walking in the Spirit and what it looks like to have a life that is led by the Spirit. Because sometimes we just get in the way, don't we? And so we want to be led by the Spirit and that's what this Uh, this week is about. Next week, we'll have a Vision Sunday, and the week after that, we'll finish our study on the Holy Spirit and get back into the story for the fall uh, semester. So thanks for listening. I hope you'll uh, come see us sometime. Well, good morning again. We are getting very close to the end of our study of the Holy Spirit. Uh, We have not been exhaustive, so there's more to learn. But uh, we are coming to the end. We have today, uh, next week will be our Vision Sunday, and then we will actually finish uh, two weeks from today talking about uh, gifts of the Holy Spirit. And uh, I have been running that sermon through the filter of our Wednesday night. So if you don't like that sermon, gripe at those people who come on Wednesday night. Um, But uh, if you're here next week for uh, Bible class on Sunday morning, we will uh, uh, again be talking about uh, uh, the Holy Spirit, uh, be covering this lesson, and we'll also kind of preview the next lesson uh, just to give uh, kind of a uh, little extra time to it because there's there's certainly plenty, uh, plenty there. So if you're interested in gifts of the Holy Spirit, come next week for uh, Bible class, and then the next, uh, and two weeks from now, we'll have Uh, Again, the sermon on this. Uh, Last week, we talked about uh, a lot of the things that Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. Uh, We've mentioned that when Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit descended on him, and he was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. And when he came back out of the wilderness from temptation, he came in the power of the Spirit. And Jesus talked quite a bit about this. He even looked at his disciples, his friends who had been with him, Uh, for these years. He looked at them in the eyes and said, it's better for you that I leave and the advocate, the Holy Spirit, come. And we talked about how uh, even John the Baptist says that that God gives of his spirit. He gives it in this unlimited fashion. All we need to do, as Jesus says, is to ask for the Holy Spirit. But so many times we are kind of Uh, trying to do it all on our own ability. I think it's our culture, where we live, how we live. Man, I can pull up my jeans and go to work, put on my work boots and get some things done, right? But so many times we try to do that and we go off and it it takes us hitting rock bottom or or finally getting to a point where we realize it's just too overwhelming. Well, now I'm going to rely on God and his spirit. And so what I hope we can do Uh, through this study, is to kind of refocus and to realign with Scripture and to rely more on God's Spirit for the way that we live. But what we're going to talk about today is uh, what I've called evidence of the Spirit. And we're we're going to be in two separate places. So if you're carrying a Bible with you today, we're going to be in Romans chapter 8 and Galatians chapter 5. We're going to talk about what Paul says... Uh, about the Spirit and evidence or fruit that the Spirit is in you, that the Spirit is leading 
your life. So we begin in Romans 8, starting in uh, verse 9. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. So it's almost like, does he? Does the Spirit of God live in you? If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, you are of the Spirit. And so if you are a believer in Christ, you've been baptized into his name, you've received the gift of the Holy Spirit, this should be you, right? And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. Is it important to have the Spirit of God in you? Thank you. Hey, that's the best answer I've gotten. Thank you. Yes. That's what Jesus says. That's what Paul says. You're going to have the Spirit in you, and that means something. That's not just a meaningless gift that, okay, well, thanks, thank you very much. But your life now is that of one in the Spirit. It has to be different because you, know, you haven't been you know, changed into somebody completely different and physically, but spiritually you have said, I'm going to follow Jesus Christ. You have been gifted the Spirit of God. You now follow him, right? And so that means I need to get out of the way. I need to let him lead in my life. The Spirit of God now lives in me. In verses 10, 11, but if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, and if again, if this is the case for you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his Spirit who lives in you. And I love this. Because what Paul's doing here is he's saying, look at Jesus. Jesus was filled with the power of the Spirit. And what that got Jesus was a life of luxury and living in palaces and everything went well, right? Is that what happened? Absolutely not. And we understand that. But what happened? Even when Jesus is so faithful that he gets put to death, what happened? Because he is filled with the Spirit of God, the power of the Spirit of God raised him from the dead. And it says, if this is you, if the Spirit of God lives in you, look at the power that the Spirit of God has to bring life to your body. I don't know about you. I get a little, ooh, let's go now. Let's go. That's what the kids are saying now, I think. That's a, let's go. That, bruh, and no cap. I got those things, okay? <laughs> Some of our conversation on the way to church are no cap, bro, and bruh, and all that stuff. Doesn't matter if you're man or woman, whatever. But this is one of those things where, my goodness, Scripture is telling you, you have been given the Spirit of God, and look what it does. Look at the power. This is not some empty promise. Jesus was raised from the dead. Did you know that, church? Jesus was raised from the dead, and indwelling is you, in you is the same Spirit. So what do you think it could do in your life? Don't sit here and look at Jesus. Oh, I, I, Jesus, uh, thank you for all that you've done for me. And come in here and think, I can't do anything. I'm not good enough. Because you have the Spirit of God in you. Our problem is that we don't know it. That we don't act like it. 
that we act like, we may know intellectually, but we act like it's all about what I think I can do. And we get in our own way. And that's what happens, even though we are given the power of the Spirit. Verse 12, therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will what? You will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are what? Children of God. Anybody want to be a child of God this morning? Feel the love and affection of your heavenly Father who bestows upon us grace after grace, mercy upon mercy freely. If you will just accept it. We talked this morning in Bible class about ask, seek, and knock, and somebody pointed out those are all action words. Yeah. God gives freely, but he wants you to participate. He wants you to come alongside him and say, yes, I want this. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. You are the very children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship, and by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit you received brought about adoption. You are now His right? You belong to God's family. You are his child. Walk in the spirit. He says the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. You need to hold your head up high today and walk in that, that I am a child of God. Now, this is the same writer writing this, but it it almost seems like Galatians 5 could be tacked on right into Romans 8. In Galatians 5, starting in uh, verse 13, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Do you catch the language of slavery in the previous one? Yeah, you're not to live a life of slavery. You were called to be free. As Americans, we puff our chest out and say, yeah, that's, that's what I'm all about, right? But he's got some more to say about this. But Do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. What does life in the flesh lead to again, church? Death. Rather, serve one another humbly. We live in there humble. Humbly in love. But the spirit God has given you is not just so you can walk around and say, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. But there is a purpose. Remember when we talked about anointing. You are anointed with the Holy Spirit. People were anointed with the Spirit for a purpose. And what he's saying here is part of that purpose is to serve one another. Be a part of the body of Christ. If you're claiming Jesus, don't just claim Jesus because we're in the Bible belt and uh, whatever. This is not some kind of thing to throw around. This is very serious. When you live a life saying, I am his, I am a Christian, you should walk this way. And part of that is getting out of our own way and serving others. How is it that I can rearrange my schedule to help someone else? To be a part of the body, to be there for my fellow brother or my fellow sister. Verse 14, for the entire law is fulfilled. Well, we ought to, our ears ought to perk up with this. Our, 
The entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. See, Jesus says one command and that's it. All you have to get down, love your neighbor as yourself. And you think, man, that's a little more complex, isn't it? Love your neighbor as yourself. Live this type of life. If you bite and devour each other, church, if you bite and devour each other, uh, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. We are a body. Body needs to function, all functions together, right? Because if one thing goes haywire, we've got problems, right? How many of you turned 40 and the check engine light came on? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. Woke up and you're having to adjust where you can see. And um, heard a comedian the other day that he talked about how, you know, in your 20s you go to the doctor and he's like, why are you wasting my time? And then in your 40s, it's like, uh, could you close the door? Uh, we need to talk. <laughs> But you live a life that is part of the body, that we are encouraging one another, that by the Spirit we come together in His power and do the work of God in this community. Verse 16, so I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So if you live by the flesh, you will die. So walk by the Spirit, do that. He explains here in 17, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the spirit, what is contrary to the flesh. Have you fought that back and forth in your life? Yeah. I want to do this. And Paul even wrestles with it in Romans 7. Things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, that's what I do. Sometimes we feel that way. It's contrary. Life in the spirit is different from pursuing things of the flesh. Because pursuing things of the flesh, what I want, I'm going after, that feels good to me, I love it. But that might not line up with life in the Spirit. And we're not to get those things mixed up, are we? They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. We're telling a bunch of Americans in Texas, you are not to do whatever you want. Do you know that? And we walk out of here going, man, I don't know about this Bible stuff, right? But we're not to live lives according to ourselves. I think the air conditioner just shut off completely or something. Are you making copies during the sermon? Okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're to live a life in the Spirit, guided by the Spirit, directed by the Spirit. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. And this is a conversation, a bigger conversation uh, about the law and what, uh, what Paul is, is saying right here. He says the acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery. Idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambitions, uh, ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. And I think our, our temptation in a scripture like this is to pick out the ones that uh, we know we don't struggle with and think, man, I'm glad I'm not one of them. But Paul is so exhausted. He's not completely exhausted, but he, he, always, uh, he always, a lot of his lists go, and the like, and things like this. And so when you read about uh, orgy, orgies or witchcraft, we might go, oh, yeah, I've got that down. No, no problem there. But jealousy, selfish ambition, what does that mean? I don't know what it means. Let's skip that, right? 
Paul's very clear. These things lead to death. These are the ways to live in the flesh, right? Even envy. We live in a community uh, right now where very affluent. I think the median household income in, in Mont Bellevue is something like $120,000, $130,000. Amazing. It's amazing. What a blessing. But what it can lead to a lot of times is, oh, they're doing just a little bit better than I am. He got a newer boat than I've got. But we can start to envy things, uh, both property and other. And even these are not of the Spirit. So part of this is looking at your life and saying, all right, does any of this fit in with a life of the Spirit or is this a life of the flesh? Because one leads to death and one leads to a power that can raise people from the dead. And there's a clear winner right there in my book. I need to reassure myself and, and reassess myself. He says in 22, but the fruit of the Spirit. Now, let's talk about fruit because I didn't call this, this sermon uh, fruit of the Spirit. I called it evidence of the Spirit. How do you know a tree is an apple tree? Pears on it? Bananas for some reason? You know a tree by its fruit, Right? So what, what we can say, in essence, is talk is cheap. You hear that this morning, church? Talk is cheap. Uh, we, say, we use all kinds of different uh, ways to say this. Just because I'm sitting in a chicken house doesn't mean I'm a chicken, right? Just because you're sitting in a church house this morning, just because you, you showed up here, doesn't mean you're following the ways of Jesus, are you, right? We understand that. So what are you going to do about it? The evidence of the Spirit in your life, that your life is being led, that you are being led by the Spirit of God is this, love, joy. Francisco, in his comments this morning, said, turn on the news. No, don't do that. Because what I'm afraid is what you experience, and you know what you experience when you turn it on, is not this. And when you first turn it on, it's all them and their negativity. But if you keep it on, it becomes you. But the evidence of the Spirit in your life is love, joy, peace, forbearance, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Nobody is stopping the Spirit from doing any of these things in your life. The evidence that you are led by the Spirit of God is right here. And those are quite different from a life in the flesh, aren't they? The negativity is not there. This love and joy and peace. How many of you need some peace in your life right now, yeah? Absolutely. You've got so many things going on, or maybe you've just got anxiety from knowing what all is going on in the world. I need peace. Maybe we ought to turn off the TVs, hit our knees a little bit more, and pray to God, asking him for that peace. As we read last week, that God gives his spirit to you. That spirit encourages, and I need some encouragement. That's what the spirit of God does. But he says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. He said walk earlier, now keep in step. Keep walking. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying 
each other. Don't keep doing all of this. Walk with the Spirit. How do you know you're walking with the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And if you're thinking right now, man, I don't know if that's evident in my life. Pray about it. Rededicate your life to God. Say, God, I have, I have put some things in there that have led me astray. I want to come back. And you know what you never find in Scripture? A person who does that and God says, you know what? No, thank you. We're full. Full up here. No room available, right? God always shows himself as the father waiting for the, the prodigal son to return, right? Sees him far off. That means he's been looking, waiting. That's who God is. He just wants you to come back. And so your life is different from that. Turn back to him. In Galatians 6. Verses 8 through 10, whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Which one of those you want? Is it a tough decision this morning, destruction versus eternal life? You wrestling with that one? I don't know, that destruction sounds pretty good. Of course not. We know that intellectually, right? But it's in the putting that into practice, into saying, all right, God, I will follow you, that we kind of get tripped up, right? I want eternal life. I want to walk by the Spirit. What does that mean? You've got to give up that. Well, uh, I don't know. I want destruction. I want to live with God because he loves me. He takes care of me. He's given us this beautiful creation. I know it's all brown right now, but it is beautiful sometimes to live in and enjoy because he is our father and he loves us. Verse 9, let us not become weary in doing good. Do not become weary in doing good. Keep going. Keep doing it. For at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. I know sometimes it feels like I just want to give up for a little bit. I think that's the point where God is trying to get our attention. He's waving. He's shining bright lights. Anybody pray like that? Show me the bright lights, Lord, because I'm, I'm, I'm kind of dim myself. But he says here, let us not become weary. Do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to how many? All people. Boy, that stings. There's some folks out there that aren't really easy to love. Especially to those who belong to the family of believers. And as you sit here this morning, you're surrounded by those people. You're surrounded by people who have also said, I want to follow God. Thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice. I've been baptized into his name, trying to walk with the Spirit. And all we need to do as the body of Christ is to come together and encourage one another to make a practice of doing good to everyone. Make a practice of encouraging one another and lifting each other up and drawing each other back to scriptures like this. Are you walking with the Spirit? Is the Holy Spirit of God leading your life today? Is that what is evident? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If it's not, we're going to offer an invitation. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to see you just rededicate your life right now this morning. Uh, if you have not been baptized to start that walk, we'd love to see that as well. Uh, Jordan's got an invitation song. Would you come as we stand and as we sing?